And here's the thing. If you are relying on them, you know what I mean? This puts you in a bad spot. Yeah. Um, if a big portion of your business is, you know, reliant on Airbnb, you know, we have some partners where it's, you know, it's 90% of their business. Guess what? You don't, I don't I hate to say this, but you don't really own your own business. Yeah. And my friend Mark Simpson says, you have a boss and his name is Brian Chesky. <laughs> you know? If Brian Chesky decides to change the split and change things, you don't have a business. Like, yeah. you, so be careful, you know, putting all your eggs in one basket. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. Hey, friend. So I want to get real with you for just a quick second here, okay? So my wife and I decided it was time to take a risk and for me to leave my day job as head of growth at a marketing agency and go all in on Spontaneous and the Behind the Stays podcast. This is both incredibly exciting and also terrifying. Um, it's exciting because it means I'll have way more time to make the show better and to spin up new products and services designed to help you grow your hospitality brands and short-term rental businesses. And it's terrifying because I'm saying goodbye to a nice paycheck and health benefits and 401k match and yada yada. Oh, and did I mention that we just had a kid who's just two months old? Yeah, it's been a it's been an exciting time. Okay, so here's here's the ask, all right? In order to grow the show and increase the value of the content we create, we need the support of our advertising partners. Now, trust me, I know how tempting it is to just skip through podcast ads. I feel you and I'm a culprit too, okay? But it would mean the world to me if you could take just 60 seconds to write an email to the guesty team or DM them on social media and just thank them for being a behind the stage sponsor. Perhaps you have a PMS system already or perhaps your short-term rental business is just getting started and you don't need one of the dozens of incredible features and offers that their software provides. And that's all a-okay. But if you just take a quick second to thank them for being a sponsor on the show, what you're really doing is you're really saying, hey, I like the show. Thank you for helping it continue. And thank you for making Zach uh, be able to spend more time making the show even better for us. So this will also just help uh, prove to my wife that this quote unquote podcasting thing can be more than just a hobby. So if you don't mind pausing the episode that you're listening to right now and scrolling down to the show notes to find Guesty's social handles and their marketing team's email address and shooting them just a quick message, thanking them for advertising on the Behind the Stays podcast, I would be so grateful. All right, folks, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Brooke Fouts, founder and CEO of Venturi, a sales and marketing platform exclusively dedicated to helping professional vacation rental managers and short-term rental entrepreneurs grow their inventory. Brooke built one of the largest mortgage banking firms in the DC metro area. But when the financial crisis of 2008 hit, Brooke began to reconsider what he wanted to do with his life. After a serendipitous conversation with an investor friend of his, Brooke decided that building a premier, boutique vacation rental company would serve as an exciting next chapter in his professional journey. So he founded Vantage Resort Realty and grew his company from zero to 500 properties under management in just five years. 
Tune in to hear the motivating story of how Brooke grew his company from zero to one, how he was one of the first management companies to use VRBO, what it was like in the vacation rental management world before Airbnb came onto the scene, and how he came across the idea that would ultimately lead him to found the first ever marketing and sales platform designed to help hospitality entrepreneurs and real estate investors grow their portfolios. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Brooke. All right, Brooke, we are live. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, Zach. How are you? I am doing great. As I was just telling you, I got six straight hours of sleep last night, thanks to <laughs> my newborn son deciding to, I don't know, grow up a little bit. So I feel like I could run a marathon uh, or record like 20 podcasts uh, back there to back. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Uh, well, hey, I'm super excited for for our chat today. And I, wanna, I really just want to dive right into it. Um, I'm hoping you could start by giving us a little bit of like the shark tank pitch for Venturi and, and what Venturi is and where the idea came from. And we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Zach. Super excited to be here. So Venturi, we are a sales and marketing platform uh, that really makes it really easy for short-term vacation managers to grow their inventory. Because if you think about it, there's really, there's three levers you can adjust to grow your top line income. So you can do, you know, marketing and distribution, you can do revenue management. And then the third is that you can grow your inventory. And we feel that, you know, growing your revenue uh, and that top line through inventory is the best lever that has the greatest impact. And we have actually the, the data to back that up. In fact, it's like it's like 3.9 uh, to 6x the impact of some of those other ones. So but huh. how do we how do we do that? Right. We, we do it through a couple of different ways. The first is data. Uh, we also do marketing campaigns, and then also we've built a nice uh, software platform that helps you nurture and close those leads. So from the data perspective, we go out there and we're compiling the largest database of vacation rental homeowners on the planet. Wow. Uh, we get the data from a couple different sources. The first is through, uh, we have direct API with all the county courthouses to get public records. We go out there, we scrape all the OTA. So we're scraping Airbnb, Verbo, Booking.com. Uh, and then we go out and uh, we've got a team in the Philippines that goes out and the the sludge of trying to go out and get vacation rental permit data. Hmm. And we compile that all together. Um, so again, data is obviously the core where it all starts because 50% of all marketing really just comes down to your list. Yeah. And then we do uh, marketing campaigns. So, you know, we're, we're running email campaigns for our partners. We're doing direct mail. We're doing social retargeting through like Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, and then once those, you know, people kind of identify and they say, hey, I'm interested, uh, we've built a CRM and marketing automation platform that makes it really easy to kind of nurture those leads and get them all the way to closing. Um, so really, I've taken taken everything I've learned from, you know, founding my company, uh, Vantage Resort Realty, and I helped grow that company from zero to 500 properties in five years. Wow. And then I've also helped taking everything I've learned from helping, you know, we've helped over 500 companies. Uh, with their inventory growth efforts and and put it into a turnkey uh, solution. Uh, you combine that with 50, you know, growth experts on our team here. And uh, I'd argue we have uh, more experience than anybody on the planet in, uh, in growing uh, inventory for the short-term vacation rental industry. Yeah. Wow. That was, uh, that was quite the overview. I mean, it, it, it's, it sounds, it sounds like my, my head is like spinning. I'm like, wow, you guys do a lot of the different things. I, I, I do want to, I want to back up a little bit, uh, Brooke and, and hear a little bit about like who, who's sort of the, the ideal customer for, for Venturi. And I'm sure you guys have a variety of personas, but like walk us through kind of your, your, your standard, if you will, sort of like yeah. flagship customer. 
Yeah, well, first off, it's it's anyone that is interested in growing their inventory uh, for, you know, you can call it co-hosting or professional short-term vacational management, um, anybody that's looking to, to grow. Um, we have some partners, we call our customers partners because it truly is a partnership model. We have some uh, partners that have one property and we have some that have over, you know, close to 4,000 properties. Jeez. Um, so, you know, it ranges anywhere between, but the average, I'd say the average partner is anywhere maybe in that 25 to 150 uh, properties under management and they just are looking to grow. Okay. But we've got, again, tiers as, as, as low as 300 bucks a month. And some, some of our partners are paying us, you know, $8,000 a month. It really yeah. depends, but the average price point is about 1250 a month. Got it. Okay. So let, let's say, for example, I am listening a lot of a lot of folks that listen to this podcast and we'll unpack this more uh, later in our conversation but a lot of the folks that listen here might identify uh, kind of first and foremost as like a hospitality entrepreneur they might have you know a, a smaller collection a smaller portfolio of homes but they've you know really leaned into sort of like the unique experience um, mm -hmm. uh, category they, they've got unique stays they've got you know beautiful places that have tens of thousands of followers on on social media right so um, and and many of them have kind of built up what I would argue is one of the hardest things to do, which is like a really solid brand. And now they're looking to like, okay, uh, if I, if I want to, you know, leave my day job and kind of, I've been doing this for three or four properties while also doing my day job. If I wouldn't, if I wanted to go all in on this, I, I have to grow my inventory. Right. And so I, I'm curious if you could just speak a little bit to, if I'm in that category, right. And I'm, I'm looking at somebody like Venturi to, to, to help me out here. Are you all, I sign up for your service and then what? Like you're bringing me options? Like, hey, here are, here are places that are available for co-hosting opportunities like today or or what, I guess, how, how do I, how, how does it, uh, how do we go from sort of like, I'm interested in growing inventory yeah. to to working with, with you all? What does that actually look like? Yeah, so if, if somebody were to sign up with inventory, the first thing we do is we go through onboarding. We really want to understand a lot about their uh, rental program. What sets them apart? What makes them unique? What are their USPs or unique selling? selling propositions yep. and and we actually go through a, a pretty extensive onboarding process where we're going to flush out their seven key messaging building blocks okay things like like i said usps features and benefits risk reversals we'll get some social proof uh from their some of their current owners um great compelling offers and call to actions and that seven key messaging building blocks is really the core of everything all the messaging you're going to do so that's going to we're going to use that to build out your landing page because you have to have a really good well-designed landing page yep. signed to convert uh we're going to use that for marketing uh you know like uh emails we're going to use it for direct mail believe it or not direct mail still works the vacation rental industry is one of the few industries their uh, direct mail still does work so we're build all those in there um and then we you know we build out those marketing campaigns um, and then actually, let me take a step back. Yeah. We actually go through the data side of it. We want to, what we want to do is we want to identify what their ICP is, their ideal customer profile. Okay. Who are they going after? What is the typical property? You can go into our uh, platform. You can kind of draw a polygon around the areas you want to target. You can filter it based on bed count. Uh, you can filter it based on, you know, if it has a pool, you can filter on all different sources of things. And then once you've identified those ICPs, then you uh, kind of, send your marketing campaigns to those people. Um, and then, you know, hopefully they respond. And when they do, um, you obviously go through all your, your differentiators, because if you're not differentiating, then, you know, you're just a commodity. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you use our CRM and marketing automation platform to nurture those leads all the way through the, the process. Wow. And so 
if if I'm understanding this correctly, like let's say I've built up this pretty cool collection of of unique like A-frame style homes, and I know like I'm convinced I know how to sell to people who want A-frame like experiences. I could use your your services to better identify what are other opportunities. Where where are there other uh, current short term rentals, current vacation rentals that kind of fit my portfolio that I could go and and try to uh, work with in the context of uh, a co host sort of sort of sort of relationship? Is that is that more or less accurate? Exactly, okay. exactly. So we'd identify those properties. If let's say, and I'm a big believer by the way, in riches and niches and having following your niche. So if your niche is a frame homes only, yeah, that you want to you know lean into that and you want to go after those homes, you want to market to them and explain, hey, we are the largest provider of a frame vacation rentals on the planet, and uh, and, and lean into it and market to that, and um, you know talk about your key differentiators and you know how you build an entire website, an entire following of guests that like to only stay in A-frame homes or whatever it happens to be. Super, super interesting. Um, yeah, so I, I've got so many so many follow-up questions here, but I, I want to actually start by taking a, taking a little bit of, a, of another step back, Brooke, and, and hearing a little, bit about, a little bit more about you. So give us give us a sense of like, who you are, how you how you got into this space, and what were what were sort of like the stepping stones that were the the precur- the precursor, so to speak, of um, founding Vintory. Yeah. So, uh, how much time do we have? But, uh, <laughs> uh, like I, like many other people, you know, kind of stumbled into it. So I was actually, you know, a corporate finance major in college when ended up getting into mortgage banking out of college, actually started my own mortgage banking firm and that everything was going great there. Built one of the largest uh, mortgage uh, banking firms in the Baltimore DC area Wow! and thought that was going to be my career. And then, uh, you know, did that for about eight years and then, um, uh, 2007 hit and, mm. uh, you know, and I was in a group called YPO, Young Presence Organization, and a gentleman that was in my my YPO uh, forum group, which is kind of like my advisory board, said, "Hey, Brooke, I'm I'm reading the same headlines you're reading. You know, the mortgage business isn't getting any better. Uh, you know, I've had this idea for five years to start a short term vacation rental company. I've just been waiting for the right guy to run it with me. And uh, why don't you be my business partner? I'll put all the money into it, and you can be president, CEO, and uh, let's do it." And uh, yeah, at this point, I hadn't had a paycheck in about a year. I was making Jeez. reverse paychecks where yeah. I was, you know, writing twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars checks every two weeks to cover payroll. So the idea of actually getting a paycheck sounded pretty good. So uh, <laughs> October two thousand seven, I made the leap to start a vacation rental company, and you know, didn't know anything about vacation rentals other than the fact I stayed in, you know, one a couple times. And uh, so we, the, I, I live in Baltimore area, and and the first market we launched into was uh, Ocean City, Maryland. So okay. it was about three hours away. So. Every Monday, I get in a car and I drive down to Ocean City and just kind of talk to anybody that was stupid enough to listen to me on my vision of starting kind of a unique, different uh, vacation rental company. And yeah, and that uh, that grew. Uh, fast forward five years, that grew from zero to five hundred properties in five years under management. Jeez. And then I uh, I sold that in uh, in twenty thirteen. And yeah, that's uh, then there's a couple other places in between there and and inventory starting up. Wow! Wow. There are three questions that I get asked all the time by listeners of Behind the Stays. Number one, Zach, are you trying to imitate Guy Raz from NPR's interview style? Number two, Zach, do you really spend a dozen hours each week looking for the best Airbnb deals? 
And number three, Zach, is Guesty for Hosts really worth checking out? Well, friends, the answer to all three of these questions is, of course, yes. While there are many property management softwares on the market, I always encourage our listeners to check out Guesty for Hosts. Guesty's channel manager centralizes reservations across Airbnb, Verbo, and Booking.com to stay on top of your listings without having to hop back and forth between channels. Guesty's automation tools enable you to connect with guests in a meaningful, creative, and instant fashion. And Guessy's new and improved website builder allows you to create your own branded booking website in just minutes, which allows you to grow your brand and increase your direct bookings. And finally, Guesty is positioned well to grow with you. As your business grows, you can grow with Guesty for Pros by unlocking new features and offerings designed for larger portfolios. So here's the deal. If you're an STR host without a PMS system or a host looking at exploring a new one, I've got a treat for you. The team at Guesty is giving Behind the Stays listeners and spontaneous subscribers $20 off an annual or monthly plan for Guesty for hosts when they use the discount code SPONTANEOUS when signing up for a free 14-day trial. There's no credit card required. There's no setup fee. Uh, there's no commitment. So try it out and cancel anytime if you don't love it. Guesty for hosts. They're the bestie of top-rated STR super hosts. All right, folks, back to the show. How did you, you you claim that you knew nothing about this this industry, right? You you step into it and zero to five hundred properties in five years. You know that's an average of a hundred properties a year. Like, how did you? Were you just like a super badass salesperson, or like <laughs> like how 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 did you how did you know? I guess first first question here is, what resources did you immediately tap into to bring you up to speed on like how the industry even works? Because you know, it, it, I think today we look at this as maybe um, maybe an industry that's. Or some some folks might, might look at the STR industry as like this is young, it's hip, there's a lot happening here. But the vacation rental industry, like it is right. an old industry, right? It's been a, it's it's quite antiquated in in fact in in how many of the systems and processes still work, right? So how did you bring yourself up to speed, and then how do you go from not knowing anything to to building this you know decently sized portfolio that uh, allows you to to eventually sell and and have a nice exit? <laughs> Well, yeah, it's uh, it's all about hiring people smarter than yourself. So you're right. I knew <laughs> nothing about this industry. I didn't even know where to begin. You know, as far as uh, you know, getting you know management contracts and, and and things like that. So I was lucky that uh, we. So in in the state of Maryland, you actually have to have a real estate license. So uh, I hired a broker of record uh, who was a, a woman that had a company in Ocean City as well. So okay. we pretty much rented her license. And the good news is she knew a little bit about vacation rentals just from doing it. So that really helped. Um, and then she realized really early on that I had no idea what I was doing. So she recommended that I hire this woman uh, named Darcy, who used to be her her uh, manager. And uh, she ended up going and, and kind of going to a different career. And so I got her, recruited her, and then brought her on. So at least she understood the short-term vacation rental industry for you know that market of Ocean City. Yeah. So that helped me. But I'm a, I'm a growth guy. I mean, every business I've ever had, it's all about grow, 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 grow. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I only have one speed and then or one gear, it's fifth gear, you know, I'm going all the, all the time. So, um, I wanted to grow fast. I knew that I was a pretty good marketer from my, uh, mortgage days. So I, what I did is I took a lot of, and I, I learned very quickly, hmm. and this is where it kind of comes back to him and it comes back to inventory. It's without inventory, you don't have a business. Yeah. Like, you know, you can have the greatest guest marketing in the world, but if you only have one or two or three or five properties, like, you know, you don't have a real a real business. So yeah. if you don't have any inventory on your shelves, you don't have a business. So my focus from the very beginning was I, I learned that, look, the, the hard part was getting inventory 
And if I had inventory, I was going to get the guests. I had no problem with, with acquiring guests. So we focused exclusively on really just growing that side. And we had set pretty aggressive goals. Um, so I took a lot of the things I learned from, like I said, the mortgage business. And we were sending out you know, thousands and thousands, actually, you know, close to a hundred thousand, you know, uh, letters uh, a month wow. with a mortgage company. Um, so we just took that same kind of concept and principle and took it into the short-term vacational space where nobody was doing it. I mean, the average vacational management company in Ocean City was probably lobbing out one postcard every year, or maybe one every six months. That was it. And it was, it was awful design where we were taking really good, well-designed, uh, you know, marketing and pushing it out there. And, but it, it was more than that. We, you know, going back to the seven key messaging building blocks, yeah. we created an entire rental program that was very owner centric and was very unique and very different. And you have to differentiate if, you, again, if you're doing everything like everybody else, you're just a commodity. And so we really differentiated our rental program versus all the other companies. And I used to love when people would tell me, especially my, my general manager, uh, Darcy, she goes, Brooke, you don't understand. That's not the way it's done here in Ocean City. And I said, exactly. It's exactly what I'm going for. Um, <laughs> and it worked. You know, and we, 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 you know, it took a little while to get going. It was a little bit of a flywheel effect. Nobody wants to be the first person or the first 10 or the first 20. But once we got to about 30 properties, the flywheel effect really started, you know, kind of kicking in. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And what's, what's so fun um, is I, I, what I always tell people too that I talk to in, in this space is, and when folks ask like, Hey, who, who, if I, if I want to hire somebody or if I want to, you know, bring a partner on or like who, who should I sort of like trust in terms of, um, um, uh, how to, how, how to build and kind of like scale my business. I always say, go find a growth marketer. Cause there aren't a lot of growth. There aren't enough in my opinion of, of like growth marketers in, in the space. And even if you pull them from a, from another industry, right? Like these yeah. folks, they understand consumer behavior. They understand yeah. how to create demand. Right. And they, they are typically full of ideas. And a lot of those ideas might be different than the way that people have historically thought about a, a problem or a situation. And so, and of course yeah. I'm super biased because I'm, I'm a growth marketer by trade <laughs> and I, I geek out of the stuff uh, over this stuff all, all the time but but it does seem like there's there's like a dearth of, of folks that understand growth marketing in this in this particular context um which i think presents a lot of opportunity for anyone that does want to get into the space um but but i also loved what you said brooke about hey if you've you know only got uh, a few properties like you don't you don't really have a business and some some of the thing some of the folks who are listening to this podcast might get offended by that but 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 i do think uh, by you know in, uh, on the opposite side of of the coin here there are a lot of folks i talk to who have been actually the number one question i get uh people writing into this podcast or DMing me on Instagram is like, Zach, like, can you talk to it? Can you interview people that have like left their full-time jobs to do this, you know, to, to basically go, go all in on their portfolio or like go all in on like their, the unique stay collection that they're building. And there aren't as many, um, examples, um, out there as, as I would like to see. And so for those who are, uh, listening and, um, and tuning in who might feel that way, I think what you guys are talking about here or what, what you're talking about here, Brooke, and what you're all offering is, is, is a compelling one that like, Hey, if you, if you, if you do desire to make this your full-time job, if you do desire to be able to go all in here, you probably do need to expand your inventory. Like you've done the hard part. You've figured out how to brand. You've figured out how to market. You figured figured out how to design a beautiful guest experience. Again, you've got fifty thousand followers on Instagram. How do you, how do you sort of take those learnings and expand the offerings in which you can apply those learnings to, and then perhaps you can do this full time. Right. Yeah. And that's and just to be clear. I mean, when I say you don't really have a business, it, 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 that's exactly what I mean. It's like you have to be able to look. Some of these people own very expensive high end homes yeah. that you can need a couple then it works very well. 
the, the unfortunately in Ocean City, the, the average gross booking revenue wasn't that high. So you <laughs> needed to be able to support a couple people's salaries. You needed yeah. to have a good amount of inventory just to be able to cover your expenses, or else it didn't really it didn't cash flow. Um, yeah. Now, if you've got a property that's doing 150,000, 500,000, whatever happens to be, like some properties I've seen out there. Um, yeah, that's a whole different uh, ball of wax. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I want to get your thoughts on this because it's not often that I get to interview somebody in the space who's who's kind of seen the space kind of grow and develop over time. And uh, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on the entrance of Airbnb to to this sort of like world, right? So what what was it like? Because again, I don't I don't okay. I only came into this world in the past, you know, year and a half, two years, right? And I came in through Airbnb only to find out that, you know, VRMs have been like, this is this is this is not a new business, right? So I'd love your thoughts on like, how has Airbnb from your perspective and, and what you've seen? How has it helped sort of the industry? How has it maybe hurt the industry? What are what are your kind of thoughts on on what Airbnb has done to to the space? Well, I mean, so here's the irony. Like when I first when I first started, um, there was this little business called VRBO, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was obviously the precursor to uh, to Airbnb. And actually, it actually leveled the playing field for me. You know where. You know what I said before. You know, getting guests was no problem. Well, the first like season, it actually was a problem. Sure. And then I found, you know, I mean, I didn't know. I mean, more like this is like almost pre-internet practically. You know, in two thousand seven. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's internet and things like that, but it was just there wasn't a ton of online bookings or you know, nobody. Very few people were paying to, you know, to do online bookings. So, what what Verbo uh, or VRBO at the time, what they called it, was it allowed me to do was level the playing field. So. Just to give you an idea, I was, uh, you know, our office was 5200 Suite B, uh, Coastal Highway. Okay. 5200 Suite A was a company called Caldwell Banker. Caldwell Banker had 4,000 properties under management. And here I am starting up with like one, you know, <laughs> and going head to head against them. Now they've been in business for 40 years and they consolidated like four or five different companies, you know, to get to that 4,000 properties under management. So they had, you know, 40 years of guests that just come back year after year after year. So how did I break into that? So again, I struggled getting guests, but then when I found VRBO, it leveled the playing field. And what I mean huh. by that is I was able to market my property on my properties on there and they didn't market on those. They actually would, you know, uh, if, if any of the owners would actually market the property on there, they would actually pull them off. Like it was crazy. So wow. it allowed me to kind of jump right to the head. And that's what that it actually, so, you know, people were giving, you know, VRBO a hard time at the time, but I actually loved it because it allowed me to kind of go head to head against them and get those guests. But, it, you know, going more specifically to your question about Airbnb. So, look, I mean, there's there's a lot of good things, you know, that Airbnb has done. Um, it has opened up vacation rentals to a ton more people that yeah. would have eventually gotten there, I truly believe. But it accelerated it by, you know, years and years and years. The industry is much, much bigger now because of Airbnb. I do not doubt that. So I am very grateful for that. Yeah. Um, I am a little concerned because they are becoming so powerful and how much control they have. Yeah. And they're definitely, a, you know, more guest friendly than host friendly. Um, and here's the thing. If you're relying on them, you know what I mean? This puts you in a bad spot. Yeah. Um, if a big portion of your business is, you know, reliant on Airbnb, you know, we have some partners where it's, you know, it's 90% of their business. Guess what? You don't. I don't I hate to say this, but you don't really own your own business. Yeah. And my friend Mark Simpson says, you have a boss and his name is Brian Chesky. <laughs> <You know? laughs> if Brian Chesky decides to change the split and change things, you don't have a business. Like yeah. you, so be careful, you know, putting all your eggs in one basket. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. So well said. Hey, guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. Thank you for like outlining that history. I think it was super, super helpful for for folks again who are newer to the space to understand, you know how how platforms like Airbnb and Verbo have have really sort of like redefined the category, or at least like uh, con- uh, you know ma- made made the category more attractive and and contemporary uh, to to sort of like these next generation of of builders and and hosts and 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 real estate investors. I I, yeah. I, I would love to hear a little bit more, uh, Brooke, about kind of like what opportunities you see in the market. So through what you do at at Venturi, you guys probably have access to an incredible amount of data. And so I'd love to just see like, you know, what what are, are there specific markets where you see really cool opportunities? Are there specific like home types or specific kind of like uh, experiential offerings that you see as sort of like uh, untapped and or maybe they're they're being tapped, but they're still um, in, in its, you know, the the their advent uh, in, in the first couple innings? Like, where do you see opportunity in in the market right now? Yeah. Well, I mean, first off, I feel like we are like in this golden age of the industry and it's changing so rapidly and advancing right in front of us, which is, it's so cool to be, you know, uh, in an industry like this. And I love going to the conferences. I mean, like I said, I used to be in mortgage banking and I used to go to those mortgage banking conferences and talk about how boring is that? You know? <laughs> so I, um, you know, there's, there's a couple things, I guess, you know, the, well, first off, just technology, obviously, you know, um, uh, there was a, Mark Andreessen, uh, you know, with Andreessen Horowitz, yeah. he wrote a blog a, te- a decade ago saying software is eating the world. And what he talks about is in the future, there will not be software companies and non-software companies. Every company will be a software company. And his vision has definitely come to fruition. If you look, I mean, if you look at just how many like subscription-based software company, you know, platforms you probably run, it's probably insane. And I mean, I'm running probably 30 different platforms myself. So, yeah. but that, and then if you look at all the really cool stuff that's happening with AI and machine learning, I mean, you know, chat GPT, I mean, I, I actually wrote a blog uh, a couple of weeks ago on how I built every, it's a great blog. If you have anyone gets a chance, go to our website and read it, inventory.com. And it talks about how I built the, everything you need to start a vacation rental company in under an hour, just using chat GPT. Ooh, <laughs> I title. Mean, everything from all the communication you need with your guests, uh, legal documents between you and the owners to co-host, um, you know, the guest agreement. Uh, even like an op, I, I tried to stump it like an operating agreement where one partner was 51%, you know, versus the other one was 49%. I mean, all the different things you needed, you know, um, to, to even like all the licensing and everything. And again, in under an hour, I started a freaking vacation rental company <laughs> using chat GPT. How cool is that? So, yeah. Um, so that's one. And then uh, the one thing I really like is, um, 
So uh, after I sold my company, I went to a company down in Orlando and we were building what we called, and we actually had the trademark on this called Purpose Built Vacation Homes. Huh. So we were designing and building the most optimal vacation rentals on the planet. Um, these were homes that are anywhere between seven and 14 bedrooms. They were designed um, from, from the perspective, not only from the guests to create the most optimal guest experience you'd ever have, but also from the asset holders. Because hmm. if you think about it, you know, most homes, most vacation homes aren't weren't designed to be a vacation rental. They're designed to be somebody's single family residence, home. Yeah. Or they're designed to be somebody's vacation home, but not necessarily a, you know, called a hotel. I'm using in air quotes here. You know, so when you build it from the asset holder, you know, like a hotel would, like a hotel is designed to make money. Yep. You know, this uh, it's you know, the the footprint and everything about it. Like you don't need a 1500 square foot master bedroom. You know, you just need an optimal bedroom, you know, that has a, a, a king size bed and a dress, two dressers or one dresser and two end tables. And, you know, but what we also found was, you know, through doing that, like, you know, equal bed to bath ratio, we got a lift. Hmm. If you put a uh, really good outdoor living, we got a lift. So I mean, we put all this design and into this, these homes. And anyways, it, it just, I, I, to me, I see that more and more in the future where we're going, the trends is you're going to see more and more purposely built homes specifically used for short-term vacation rentals. And you're you're also going to find it where it's going to be not just a, you know, a, a couple or a family that owns this. It's actually going to be more institutional uh, yeah. investors. You're definitely seeing hedge funds come into the space, yep. um, REITs coming in there and building these communities of purpose-built vacation homes. So I, I think that's a huge trend. And what I like about that, though, is um, you, you the owner, the asset holder is not um, emotionally attached, right? They're not, they're not sitting here like, well, you, you scratched uh, the floors and they're, they're furious and they change, you know, owner or they change management or they're, you know, grandma's, uh, you know, um, you know, attic and yeah. furniture was, uh, you know, destroyed, things like that. So, and I've got a good friend of mine, uh, CJ Stan down in, um, Southern Comfort Cabin Rentals down in Blue Ridge, Georgia. He's actually building and developing a community of purpose-built vacation homes out there. And it's just, it's, it's awesome. I, and he took what we, we were doing, you know, a decade ago and he's kind of taken to the next degree and it's a uh, pretty, pretty cool to watch. I think that's uh you're going to see more and more of those coming out, which is, which is great for the guest experience for sure. Yeah. 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 What's really cool about all this too is, is the ability to sort of design these experiences for different like traveler personas, right? Cause like yeah. uh, on, on the other end of the spectrum, you're talking about these, you know, massive seven to 14 bedroom homes. You also look at like the tiny house movement, right? And how like you've got these people who are paying for upwards of $400 a night to stay in like 500 square feet, maybe, maybe 380 square feet. Right. And how some of these folks have done an incredible job at cultivating these really cool, unique tiny homes, like more often than not, like in the woods somewhere. Yeah. Right. And yeah. are charging a premium. And so experience. It's, yeah. yeah, it's really cool to see sort of folks thinking a little bit more critically about, okay, what, you know, what are the, what, how, where do I really want to go on vacation? What do I want that experience, you know, to actually look like maybe too kind of historically with these vacation rental homes, folks weren't necessarily thinking about like families traveling together or like groups of people kind of traveling and staying in one house. Whereas these homes that you're talking about too, I mean, I remember when I first started traveling on Airbnb, the only reason I traveled on Airbnb was because I, we could, I could, you know, with take five of my buddies, we could all split the costs and it ended up being significantly cheaper than us getting a couple hotel rooms. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's that concept of like group travel, right. And like traveling as, as, you know, two families staying in one home, right. In order to kind yeah. of save money. 
but you know makes your enables your nightly rates to be higher that that sort of like moment too is 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 happening and happening even more too as people decide to travel with their teams i you know previous to to uh kind of going all in on uh spontaneous and and this behind the stays podcast i was working at a uh, agency helped lead growth there we were a 35 person team you know how hard it is to find a third you know, place for a 35 person team to kind of like meet and congregate for like yeah. you know, team gatherings it's very very difficult but what you know we end up doing is we end up trying to find a place where there are a few airbnbs few short-term rentals kind of like in a in, in you know close area we end up saving way more money than having to bring everyone yeah. to a hotel and pay for you know a room per person it it just the world has shifted so dramatically and i think that that's another opportunity is how do you create these sort of spaces for you know workcations and or you know yeah. small work retreats right like there's a whole new category of lots of people yeah. small teams small to medium sized teams that want in person experiences who's building that right and 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 how are you building that well so when so here's the irony is like we we surveyed all our past guests and we found that a third of our guests were searching for a home that was seven bedrooms or greater but when we canvassed all the vacation rentals in uh, in Orlando at the time, there was like it was like less than one percent of all the inventory was seven bedrooms or greater. Wow. But yet a third of the a third of the guests were traveling, were looking for it. It was a lot of sports teams, yeah, right, because you know, they've got uh, some of the Disney parks down there that do the you know ESPN zone. Um, so so what we did is we built the first. Everyone thought we were crazy. We built the first eight bedroom, eight bath home. And everyone thought we were nuts. <laughs> that thing had five hundred thousand dollars in advance bookings in the first twelve months. Wow! Wow! And, every, and ever since then, you go down to Orlando right now, especially there's a community called uh, Reunion. Every single house that's being built there is at minimum of ten bedrooms. Every single <laughs> one of them. And we everyone thought we were crazy building an eight bedroom. But again, it's just that was the demand, and we we found that from the the guest. And we also looked at some other markets too. We looked yeah. at Outer Banks. Like Outer Banks, North Carolina, yeah. it's multi-generational travel, right? You look at Gatlinburg, you know, and Pigeon Forge, they had the large bed count home. So we knew it was going to work, but we just had to, you know, con somebody into being our guinea pig to to building it, you know, for that first one. And, you know, it took off from there, but it's, it's exciting. It's fun. And then there's also, you know, designing of, it's not only for the guest experience, not only for the, the asset holders experience and their returns. But it's also for your team. Yeah. You know, so we would actually survey every house we finished, we'd actually survey our 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 team, our cleaners, our maintenance people, our maintenance techs, our painters, and find out like what works, what doesn't work. And we just made them better and better and better. Cause you know, simple little things like don't use white grout, you know, uh, you know, in the floors, you know, because that it's hard to clean, yeah. you know. So just go right there. Or or we found like the um on the island, kitchen islands, you know, our painters were painting those over and over and over because the kids were just kicking it. So we had the tile go up the up the uh, the island, so the kids, you know, we'd have to repaint it. So like getting into <laughs> the design, into the maintenance and the housekeeping side of it as well. Just like again, optimizing like it's a hotel was, was pretty cool. Yeah. What What do you think about um, the folks? You, you mentioned this earlier. There's you know more institutional capital kind of coming into the space. What do you think about like like the wanderers of? I'm sure you've seen Wanderer, and like I'm here uh, is another one. I think there's there's one called Summer too that that recently launched. Um, what What do you think about like these? these folks that are that are coming into the space and you know having a, a collection of homes that they own almost trying to like you know verticalize the the short-term rental experience like what uh, how, how do you, uh, what how do you make sense of this like what what are, what what are your like opinions on it yeah well i don't know specifically i guess a lot of these different companies and things like that but i i will say you know anything you can do where the the house is 
owned by more institutional funding hmm. where you take the emotional side of it out of it, I think is is pretty cool. Um, where they are op the homes are optimized, um, you know, for performance, I think is is pretty cool. Um, you know, we had an interior design company, you know, as well. And, you know, obviously we realized that interior design was just as important, if not uh, as more important than the uh, the actual floor plan yeah. of the property. Yeah. Um, so anytime you can do that. Um, and I think, hey, if it's if it's allowing, you know, more and more better, you know, better properties to get out there, I think that's fantastic. Um, and if uh, if it's allowing more people to own a, a piece of a, an asset class that they normally wouldn't been able to, um, I think that's kind of a cool concept. Now, again, I don't know, you know, the fees and, you know, how the, the, the legal structure is set up and things like that. So I'm sure, I'm sure most of the people aren't, you know, reading the fine print on a lot of those things with those, uh, those type assets. But uh, I assume that, uh, assuming that everything is uh, kosher and yeah. uh, then I think it's a pretty cool concept to kind of democratizing, you know, investment into short-term vacation rentals. Um, and, and, and again, the yields are much greater. I mean, that's why you're going to see more and more money coming into this space because the yields are much, much greater than uh, long-term property management. And there is there's literally billions of dollars sitting on the sideline right now, just waiting for the next market correction to go in and swoop up a lot of these uh, these assets. Yeah, yeah, super, super interesting. You've you've mentioned this a couple of times and I, I just wanna lean into it um, uh, for the sake of our listeners here about sort of like taking the emotion out of it, right? And just to, just to like play, not even devil's advocate, but just to kind of clarify this, this further, what what do you say to the short-term rental host who has built, a, let's say, three right really cool like unique experiences? They poured their heart and soul into into these uh, uh, into these structures. Maybe one's an A-frame, one's a tiny house, one's a container home, right? So they're all unique stays, um, and and they do they they do have this desire to like okay i we're at a point now where we could you know uh, it's let's say it's a couple oftentimes it's it's a, a two people kind of working on these things together let's we're at a point now where if we got two three five six more homes like we could both totally quit our jobs and do this full time um and and yet these people like they they've cultivated a brand so it's not just that they it, they haven't just built like a nice asset right like their brand means a lot with respect to these experiences that they've that they've created right so how and and oftentimes right like brands and emotions get get uh get get tied up together right like people have like great brand experiences right oftentimes elicit emotion and it's hard to not like you take that to to help kind of create uh, uh, new authentic experiences. So I guess, um, h- how do you think about sort of that, that balance between, Hey, we just need to, we, we need to take the emotion out of these spaces, uh, so that our returns are better versus no, we actually need like more people with cool, beautiful, um, ideas to come into this space to create these, you know, these, these next generation, unique, unique spaces. Does it, does any of that make sense? It, it does. And let me clarify, when I talk about, you know, taking the emotion out of it, I'm talking about like, you're so sensitive that, you know, your, your, um, uh, your couch is going to get, you know, torn because it was a very unique one of a kind from a hand me down from your grandmother. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I mean, taking the emotion out of it. I, I, I think that you need to lean into like, you know, building a brand and, and differentiating. And again, I'm a big believer in riches and niches. Yeah. Anything you can do with that, I think, is fantastic. That's what people are looking for. They're letting, that's what you know, is going to make your property shine over all the others. So um, I definitely don't want to go away from that. And I think if they if if uh, these hosts have actually done that and built it, done a good job of it, I think they should continue to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm talking about more of the uh, 
the emotional yeah. asset. Yeah, or it's like, I mean? yeah, it's like the family beach house, right? That it has to be rented on Airbnb for, you know, X number of months in the year so that, you know, the family can use it for two months out of the year. That, that yeah. That's kind of what you're, what you're yeah. getting at. Well, and if you look, so again, going back to my friend CJ Stam down in uh, Blue Ridge, I mean, if you look at his properties that he's built, you know, now he's used a institutional fund to build these. If you look at these things, they are unbelievable, and they are they are they are optimized. They are, I mean, they have all the everything you need. They've got the fire pits. They've got the outdoor home theaters. They've yeah. got the infinity edge pools. They've got the hot tubs. They've got all the games, the arcade games, and everything you need, and game rooms and secret rooms and stuff like that. I mean, they are incredible. Yeah. Um, but it's still owned by an asset holder because that's what guests are looking for. It's about optimizing for the photos. Yep. Um, yep. You know, when you, when you market these things. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, they, they've done it with institutional money and institutional capital, but it's still get that, that feel. Yeah. Um, and they're a great management company too, that really, you know, kind of go to the extra, uh, yard for, you know, further, further guests as well with concierge and all those other things. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's, that's really, really, really interesting. Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. I, I want to get uh, a couple final questions for you, Brooke. One, one is just around the who folks should follow and like pay attention to in the industry because you have such a wealth of knowledge about uh the players in the space uh again the thought leaders in the space and i think a lot of the people that again are, are listening in to this podcast they've built up like these remarkable brands on instagram they might not be as tapped into sort of the the broader you know vacation rental um and short-term rental space as, as they they might desire to be so who are some people or some uh some resources that you would recommend folks tap into if they if they want to take growth seriously yeah um well just in general i think uh like kind of leaders in this space um that just really smart people that i respect the heck out of uh and whenever i see them you know on linkedin or or anything, or whenever I see him at a conference, I usually, you know, kind of earmark their sessions. There's uh, Steve Schwab and Ryan Dame with a company called Casago. Uh, okay. Casago has, uh, I think, close to 4,000 properties. They're actually a franchise model, huh. um, you know, where I believe, you know, look, this this Resort Quest, Wyndham, Vacasa model has been proven. It just, it doesn't work. Yeah. Time and time again, it's yeah. like, well, here we go again. You know, it's it just has been proven. But if you look at like traditional real estate, you know, almost every single real estate company out there is a franchise, national mm. franchise. And what happens with a lot of these, you know, large, you know, companies like Vacasa and things, they um, they lose the local ownership. 
Yeah. And what the franchise model allows you to do is gives you all the benefits of a national brand and the systems and the processes and the software and all those things for a very small fee, but it allows you, gives you that local ownership. And I think that's the key differentiator. So I think if I was a betting man, I would bet on Casago to, to beat the Vacasas and V trips and, and things like that. So again, Steve Schwab and Ryan Dame are great there. Uh, there's a gentleman named Lino Maldonado. Uh, he's been around the industry for over 20 something years. He's a CEO of a company called Be Home 24 um, seven, fantastic company. And then he also has an ownership stake in a company called Okay to Charge. Okay. Uh, their CEO is a guy named Eric Broughton. Um, fan- okay to Charge is such a cool company. It's uh, bringing EV chargers to vacation rentals. And if you think about it, I actually am a customer uh, because I believe in it so much. Uh, I, you know, one of my, my property is, uh, I have a, a four bedroom property in Bethany beach, Delaware, and I made it pet friendly before anybody else did. And that was my key differentiator. I, it, you know, I stood out where nobody else's uh, did. And now more and more people, uh, are, you know, making their properties pet friendly. <laughs> so to me, uh, EV chargers are the new pet friendly amenity. Ah, and I, I like only it. one of four properties now in my entire market that has an EV charger. So if you own a Tesla or any other kind of EV car, which, you know, it's just, it's going to be the norm where every car is going to be EV soon. You know, you can sort through Airbnb and Verbo and booking.com and sort, say, Hey, I want an EV charger. Um, so uh, I, I would definitely recommend uh, everyone get an EV charger and that you can actually monetize it. You can charge for it. You can, you know, make margins on it. It's pretty cool. But yeah, Lino and uh, Eric are great guys. I listen to uh, Jacoby Olin was with a uh, guy. Anytime I see him at a session at a conference, I see him speak. He owns a, a company called C2G advisors. Okay. So they're uh, mergers and acquisitions. So he's just super smart. He did over $200 million worth of MA transactions last year. Uh, so if you're looking to sell your, your company or even buy a company, he's the guy to talk to. Uh, probably one of the smartest marketing people I've ever met is a guy named David Angotti. Huh. Uh, he 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 was in ed tech uh, business and had a nice exit there. And then he ended up uh, getting into short-term vacation rentals down in Smoky Mountains doc- with a started a company called SmokyMountains.com. He realized that the property management side of business was really hard. So he actually sold the management contracts to uh, Steve Milo over at V-Trips, but he kept the domain and turned it into like a little niche uh, OTA. And he's doing the same thing in Hawaii and also uh, Florida Panhandle, but probably one of the most brilliant uh, digital marketers I've ever met. Um, let's see, there's a guy named Max Farley with a company called Sojo. They bring uh, guest amenities, like already prepackaged. Huh. He's a super wicked smart guy, logistics guy. Jason Sprinkle with Key Data Dashboards is awesome. I was uh, watching him speak every time I go to a conference. And then uh, a friend of mine, a guy named Travis Wilburn, has started a company called The 100 Collection, ah, where he's yes. taking kind of the best of the best properties and bringing it into kind of a collection. And um, it's not the 100 top properties. It's like, a think of it more like a 100 point collection, like a consumer reports, like 100 point or greater. Um, the best of the best. So like in his portfolio, I think only like a handful of properties actually qualified. So he's kind of consolidating that and pulling that all together. And I think that's a cool concept. And there, there's so many other people, like I said, CJ Stam, I, I watch him speak anytime I can. And uh, just so many really good people in this industry. And again, I, I just love this space for sure. <laughs> Those were fire recommendations. Um, and yeah, that that was that was amazing. I'm like, I am like down here taking notes too on, on like writing down these people's names because I don't follow half of these folks that you that you mentioned. So this is this is wonderfully helpful. Um, Brooke, a uh, couple final, uh, I should say, like one core final question and question, and then um, uh, a little add on where you know folks can learn more about you and, and Venturi. But 
any any you've given us a lot here any last sort of like hot takes or or kind of just brooks like opinions on the future of sort of like travel and and or hospitality that you want to share oh gosh um <laughs> we are we are in the early innings still like everyone we are in the very very early innings of an industry if you think about it it's been around as long as man has been around like people always share their homes you yeah. know so um you know this industry is just getting started uh it's going to become more and more mainstream uh covid obviously helped accelerate that uh and you know think about the, the this generation now that is kind of growing up with vacation rentals when they travel they will you know and they has they have families and things like that they're going to you know think short-term vacation rentals first. Yeah. And when that happens, and you, again, getting more institutional funding into this space is going to help accelerate that. And, uh, you know, getting purpose-built vacation homes, purpose-built vaca vacation home communities is going to help with that. So again, I just think we're in the very, very early innings. Um, if I could give anyone just some hints of things that have helped me, um, it's differentiate, do yep. something different. Don't chase what everybody else is doing. Don't create what everybody else is doing. And then a, a big saying I always say is riches and niches, like find your niche. Don't be the, you know, the, the every man store um, and just try to do things that are, uh, that are niche. And um, that's always served me really well. And uh, I just, I, again, how much I absolutely love this industry. Yeah. Uh, uh, great, great, great advice. And if folks do want to learn more about Venturi and they want to understand a little bit more about how you guys work, what's uh, what's the best way for them to reach out? Yeah, I mean, go to our website, Vintory, V-I-N-T-O-R-Y.com. Uh, I'm pretty active on uh, LinkedIn. I'm always pushing out videos and, and webinars and things like that. And I, I come from the place of uh, help don't sell. So there's tons. If you go to even our YouTube channel, there's so many videos out there on just how you can do it yourself. I literally give everybody kind of the keys to the safe, so to speak, where you can do it on your own. But I realize how hard it is. And a lot of times our people are stretched pretty thin. So I know in the end, people end up just calling us. But yeah, you can go to a YouTube channel, go to LinkedIn, go to our website, Venturi.com and, and learn more. Spoken like a true inbound marketer. I love it. Um, well, great, uh, sir. This has been a, a huge, huge privilege. I am just so thankful for what you all are doing in this space. And I'm just thankful for your, your time. Thanks for being here. Cool. Thanks, Zach. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.